Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies. Sure, we try and talk about movies, but never talk about anything and everything else. I'm your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Jan Cole. To my right... Colin Hearn. <coughs> I don't hear <laughs> <don't laughs> <hear> a raspy <laughs> throat there during the... <laughs> I don't want to fuck it up, though. Uh, it feels like fucking years since I've been in my beloved tent. It actually does. It's weird it's because... It's been like a month for you. It's, it's kind of crazy because we usually do episode every week. And you just kind of get used to being on here and having fun with your pals, and that actually it's 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 a, it's a lovely feeling to be back. That's well, that's what I thought, but then you you kept ducking me the two years. Not ducking you were working, <laughs> working. You were on fucking holidays for a week. Hey, but I I he's he's had all the spawning yourself. Never he's, count on out on holidays. He, he's had all the he's had all the the stuff they they do on with me. He's I've been the, fucking working <laughs> like a dog in the putts in Ramelton. You've been off sun yourself, and this man here's but well, fuck knows what he's been doing. <laughs> Well, no, for us, no, he went, he went back to fucking university, so we've all been busy as fuck. You know what I mean? Uh, I was uni and then I had, I had like a debilitating migraine last Friday. And that's why we couldn't do it. That's so, right. apologies, folks, if there's been no podcast goodness for one. Then get migraines, I get one where I fucking lose sight in my eye. Never had Jill gets that, like. It's nearly like she gets tunnel vision, yeah. like everything goes blurry around eye. Because yeah. she she asked the optician about it one time, and they said it's called a visual aura. There sounds quite uh, nice. Have I just made this up? as tunnel vision a song? Tunnel vision, ta ta tunnel vision, chuckle vision, chuckle vision. You're fucking idiot. Hey, did you see that thing? They might be hosted. They might be the new host of the Great British Bake Off. Fuck off! I was Neil Melanzu's. I see. I'm going back. But why you like Definitely. why are Mel and Sue refu- I know this is fucking completely unrelated to film, but why are Mel and Sue refusing to go to Channel Four? Is it just like a loyalty thing to the BBC? No, it's like well, I Okay, I want to preface this with I haven't read anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely gonna be bollocks. It's definitely gonna be bollocks. <laughs> but prefaces, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, th- I I thought it was like contract disputes, like they want more money and they're not prepared to pay them. Well, I mean, like Channel 4 is right after shelling out about 12 million just to buy the fucking thing. 25 so cer- million. 25 million? It so was, certainly... No, because they- BBC were paying 12 million for it's it and they, they doubled that shit. Great show, like. But it's the biggest show on BBC. And it's just, I've always said, don't get me wrong, it's not the best show I ever watch. It's a very simple fucking format and whatever else, it's but easy, yeah. it's just easy viewing. But mm. for for the amount of people that watch it on BBC, you know, even if they have a bit of a drop off going over to Channel Four, it'll be Channel Four's biggest show. Yeah. Because because uh, 
Gogglebox is their biggest show at yeah. the minute, and Great British Bake Off gets like double the amount that Gogglebox does. Like, it's fucking mental. So yeah, it's it's a big step it for is. Channel Four. That's why it was a huge coup for Channel Four. But Mary, the, Mary's fucked off as well now. Yeah, as well, it's only Paul Highwood that's fucking staying on. It, you know he would stay on Paul's the fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's fucking checking out them Channel Four interns just as he's over. <laughs> but. It's strange. And we will we will begin to discuss films in a minute. We're just <laughs> <laughs> obviously the biggest news that's came in the past two weeks is the fact that Great British Bake Off in the channel for you get the inside line on Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sure, he was he was banging the bird on the American man. Ah, he's been doing a fucking dog on his wife for years. Aye, because he he, he went over and did the American bake. I don't know what they actually called it. Just Great American Bake Off, probably something like that. Something like that. There's a Great Irish Bake Off. Is there's an Irish one too. Is that anger? Actually, no, it's not called the Great Irish. It's just called the Irish Bake Off. Is it? No, I don't know. Well, because they probably only called the Great British Bake Off because it's Great Britain. Britain. No, it actually... Oh, fuck. You know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) That actually does not matter. It probably doesn't matter, (laughs) but I want to know. (laughs) Anyway, you know what? We've moved on. We've covered the hot topic of Bake Off. (laughs) What else can we move on to? I I see. It's been years since we've done this. It's Danger Bottle. Every week we get a strange alcohol and we drink it and normally forget they talk about it and then and we just talk about something else. But yeah, as as we mentioned, I was I was away sunning myself in sunny spine. Which I was See yeah, that's the, the extent of my Spanish. <laughs> which leg were your balls sticking to? <laughs> they they split up and went oh, either side. There you go. <laughs> Free and easy then. Too bad. Convoy. Uh, no, because yeah, each other on turf like. No, because th- this this holiday was actually a big step for me because it was the first time I've ever been in Spain, and but what was it Mickey? But I oh. I vowed to myself in fourth year Spanish class that I was never going to go to Spain because <laughs> I hated Spanish because Sp- I hated Spanish class so much. And uh, this this holiday was gifted to me and Jill from her ma and her sister. Mm. It was a Christmas present. Really? And uh, are half love. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got this present at Christmas. And I turned around to Jill. I was like, I can't go. I void never yeah. going to speak. I made a commitment to my younger self yeah. when I was fourteen. <laughs> It's like I always say, my word is oak. <laughs> if I break this, <laughs> where does it fucking end? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so she told me to wise up, and I, I just, and I kept, re- <laughs> no, I kept reminders. You know, this, this is me taking a big step here for you. Like, I mean, I'm, I vowed in every good experience. <laughs> Maybe that's why she was so nice to you all, all week. Probably, uh, probably. Even though she should be nice to you because she could fucking snap. She should be nice to you because she's your fiance. Like, nah, do you know what I mean? Nah, nah. Well, tell tell the story of how she was. Should have, would have, could have. Tell the story of how she was extra special. I see that sounds actually very creepy, but tell the story that you were telling us just before we started recording this thing. All right. Well, on her last day <laughs> in a spine, um, well, no, the our last night, uh, we had a bit of vodka left from like we just bought some. Bottles of vodka when Definitely we got there, you know, just there. just well, drinking through it a bit. A bottle of vodka, like it means two ten glasses. Like <laughs> it was a ten glass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, Jill said as a joke, "Oh, we need to drink all this drink tonight," and I was like, oh, "Okay then." So <laughs> I made the effort to try and drink an entire ten glass in about two hours. Jesus, I didn't. You didn't tell us that the first time. A ten glass in two hours? No, I didn't. That's what I'm saying. No, but you did. No, well, when I say two hours, that's a made up time. But anyway. 
No, I just I just, I just drank well. a lot basically on our last night. So the next day, like we had a check out and stuff, and I was hanging at my hole, and <laughs> we were just sat in this park bench, and I turned around to Jill, I was like, "I'm either going to shit myself or vomit, but someone's coming out of me." <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to a public bathroom and I vomited and shit. <laughs> at the same time, I've seen that happen. It's quite impressive what no, a man can do. <laughs> no, it was it was the smell of the shit managed to oh, bring the vomit up. <laughs> A bite. <laughs> a vomit. Wait for a bite. Poke on a shit. But anyway, I, I returned to Jill. He was just left sit, sitting on a park bench, and uh, I, I thought I thought she would be a bit fucked Sorry, off. Maybe we, two seconds. We had hair on. <laughs> like it's all, and wait, wait for a bite. Oh, you get a sandwich? No, a book on a shit. <laughs> it's so weird too because you're that cool, calm, and collected, and that laid back that I can punch you like not in control whatsoever. Especially when there's broken shit flying out. You. I can't. I'm probably that tears fucking blind you too. I just can't punch you that situation. Like, and I'm only a fucking. Spar in the middle of Spain or something? No, it was it was like it was near the beach, so they have like just toilets oh, on. I should just want a seaman. Broken into the sea, just dunking my head on there. Just shaking the sea, just broken on some random Spanish wing. Oh, come on, right. just fucking two, God, just two just tone fuck. going east of west. <laughs> just fucking. <laughs> I keep coming out of the water like fucking Katoa. Fucking in China. The fucking creature from the blue lagoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, I returned to Jill and it, I thought she might be a bit fucked off because, you know, it's her last day in Spain and basically I can't do anything now because I'm hanging out in the hole. <laughs> but she was she just took care of me she was all oh, what do you need and i was like ice cream and so she went and so we went and got some ice cream and stuff mm. and it was it was just a nice sweet day overall and did you have a lovely holiday at the end of it i know it was, it was very nice it was the first kind of hol- like like sunny holiday where it's basically just like you go and do fuck all kind of thing like you don't really go sightseeing or anything it's nice because i mean you just I think chill saying they want to use them recently that I, I mean like don't get me wrong i love the all time of sun holiday where you just go and do fuck all but I'm kind of more on the city breaks and going about and you know city breaks, city breaks, baby. But you know, going about and seeing stuff and stuff city like that. He's a city guy. <laughs> Remember, oh, I chose city guys. Fucking unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> what he called the only thing about city breaks is that if say if you go on a city break for like a long weekend or something like that, because you're walking about so much, you come back from a holiday feeling exhausted. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you've constantly been on the move and you're not really relaxing, which is I see because that. Because I think I'm bad at taking holidays because that, that's why I don't really like about holidays. Like when, when you're on holiday, there's the expectation because you spend so much money or whatever that you have to go see where you are and you have to go do touristy yeah. things. You have to go out and do stuff. But then you're always fucking knackered. Like, yeah, and it's just like, I would just be happy and just sit and chill. Like just go to a bar or just yeah. and, I mean, sit away. There's, there's one end it. Again, we will go back to films. But, uh, well, there's we're supposed to be on Danger Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> right now. There's a, there's one end it that you do want to go out and explore, you know, where you are and stuff like that, but then the other side of it is that it's certainly the main aim of your holidays, they fucking relax and just chill out. What's going on here? I was looking for the Wi-Fi. Oh. But yeah, no, I was just saying that certainly the main aim of your holidays, they relax. Yeah. But 
What is the danger bottle, Michael? Reveal it. The danger bottle is, I was in Spain, and if you've ever been to Spain, you know that the a big thing is they do a lot of miniatures. Yeah. A lot of miniature alcohols. Mm-hmm. And I found a place where they did each one for a Euro 30. Oh, quads on. pretty darn good. <laughs> and they had loads of them as well, so it was like a fucking pick-a-mix. So yes. I got 20 of them. Oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> So I was thinking for the next few weeks, we'll just do a wee, wee lucky dip out of, out of the bag. I like that as well. Like <laughs> he was in Spain, not thinking about his holiday. How can I sauce Danger Ball? Get that tied down for the next five or six weeks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's what Jill was saying to me even before I we went. She's like, oh, you going to get a few Danger Bottles out in Spain? That's like, right. Happy so uh, I, I tell a lie. I bought 19 of these and Harry, our good friend that has been on the podcast, he was also so- somewhere a week before myself and he brought us back a wee bottle of absinthe. So there's a wee bottle of absinthe in there, so this Saturday's about to get on track. <laughs> what time so, is it now? About half five. <laughs> so he wants to do he wants to dip first. Uh, aye, I'll go. Okay. I'll get on there. Get out of that. D- dip into the canvas bag. Very nice canvas bag you do have there. I was trying to get as close to like the feeling of like you know, like a scrabble bag when you're taking like the, oh, the tiles. I like the feel of Tits. This one, and I've got Ron. It's definitely a Captain Morgan drop off, like, but I've got Ron Captain Hook spiced rum. Ooh, 37.5%. Oh. Um, well, you need to at least taste it, but the negotiations can happen afterwards. Aye, we're not. I mean, like, we can just take like, a sip, but then just focus Aye. on the uh, bottom mixer because I'm not drinking this sure. whiskey. I like, know, jeez. Remember, what do you call it? Like, phone fon- or I don't know, what do you call them? The one that went me manic on Friends and turned out he was an alcoholic. Oh. <laughs> what do you call him? I know, it was like Fun Eddie or something, was it? Uh, I can't mind. But I, she she ends up drinking more and he's uh, all, she, I give a drink a problem. <laughs> what do you got? I got uh, Kiwi Schnapps. Oh, I'm so Ooh. jealousy. Because I, I really am not in the mood for whiskey. I'm, I'm really, you want well, to swap? Is that not rum? It's, well, sorry, rum, sorry. Do you want to, do you want to swap? Right, uh, you need to at least try yeah, it first. Alright, oh, no, we'll try it first. I'll try yeah. this rum. In all fairness, Here I don't... Okay, okay, what's yours? What's yours? Leave me out. Okay, I got... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you got the same Ooh. I got Ban, the banned fruit, oh. banana liqueur. Oh, I'm oh. fucking jealous. I, I want some kind of fruity, and I got fucking rum. But mm, sure. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You never might be a fruity Here, rum. do you know what? Uh, we'll... We'll all take a sip each of each one and kind of yeah. give our opinions on it. Then he's just going to hold on to one. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. He knows me too well. If, 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 it, if it goes this way, he gets banana. If it goes that way, he gets kiwi. Blood's on. Fruit from all angles. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right. we just try this all. So I'll, t- I'll take a sip of... I don't understand this name. Ron Captain Hook. Not even Hook. 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 H-U-K. H-E-K. Spice rum, 37.5%. What the fuck is fucking... <laughs> what the fuck? What the Captain Hook's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> what the Captain Hook is going on? Right, uh, I'll take a wee sip. I'm, I'm Drink assuming, it. Did you ever get your can of giddy and, you, and you, you can't grip things? Do you want me to open it for you? <laughs> <laughs> right, go, Shan, you drink that first because your impressions. Uh, I'm assuming that it's going to be... I'll just give a... A first, I'm I get, 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 give a wee I'll, I'll, fucking... I'll, I'll give a bit of fucking. I'm assuming it's going to taste exactly like uh, Captain Morgan's because even the libel and the fucking font is kind of a major rip off. Mm. But anyway, here major rip off. Do you know what? That's actually fucking quite nice. What well, what strength is yours, BT Dubs? Uh mine. 
is 37.5%. Mine's 20. What's yours? 12. Ooh! Ooh. So <laughs> Shan one's top trumps. Um, do you know what, team? I fucking actually really like it. I actually feel you know when he swapped now? No, it's not, <laughs> not passing about. Like, but uh, <laughs> it's strange. Like it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking. It's not gonna hit ourselves, Mickey. <laughs> but uh, it's strange. It's the first rum I've tasted that it kind of tastes like Captain Morgan's, but there's a big fucking vanilla taste in there, so it's like vanilla rum. It's fucking quite nice. Very nice indeed. He might have. Well, you sip right yours here. first. Okay, I'll try my banana liqueur. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's like bananas. <laughs> no, it's I've got it's, nothing else. <laughs> no, it's nice. It's <laughs> it doesn't. No way you kind of get that kind of like banana sweets kind of fake uh-huh. taste, but then you have actual banana taste. It kind of tastes more like actual bananas than like banana flavoring. Not so it's actually quite nice. It's like a football special yolk. The banana one. Not the did it, oh no! But that smells really bad. You need to hold your nose while you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your drink your kiwi thing? Uh, Antonio Nadal. Uh, <laughs> schnapps, kiwi schnapps. There you go. Um, on set of the film I'm working on at the minute, one of the oh. actors on the film only found out the other day that you can eat the skin of a kiwi, and he was astounded by this. Can you? <laughs> he can, apparently you can eat the skin you of a kiwi. You need it like an apple. Aye. Very hairy apple. I, I would, would, you can't get in German. I, 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 would, sure. I wouldn't like that texture at all. Like, wouldn't like it. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be for me. Anyway, what's like, it like? eating a small Lovely. mouse. Right? Lovely. It's like a, it's like a, a, a summer drink. Right, so can Is we it just... like eating a kiwi? <laughs> <laughs> can we just do a bit of a roundabout now then? And Wait, do you want to go clockwise or anti-clockwise? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a bit of a free-for-all okay, here, Mickey, yeah. you know? <laughs> there you go. Get on, Right, so that's Danger Bottle. Right. Also, we we not reviewing all of these? Huh? Uh, nah, I, think <laughs> had, I think we've had enough of them. Maybe review them later on at some point. Okay, right, we'll just all try them as we, as we go. Okay, so what have we watched this week, folks? I'll, I'll dive in very quickly because I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, I watched this week Mike and Dave Need Wedding Bits, which is the new comedy with Zac Efron and Adam Devine from Workaholics. Aubrey Plaza and my very, very favourite, Anna Kendrick. Are you right over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you not like the rum? It, it really just hit the back of my throat, like, really strong. Did, did, you, get that, su- did you get that vanilla? Loop? It's, it, it is very vanilla <laughs> It's nice, though. Did you have a sub I'm, agent? I'm, su- I'm surprised you you like that, though, because you're no- you're normally not great at, like, drinking, like, raw stuff, nah, like, really strong nah. raw stuff. Like, that's, Especially that's the same strength as, like, I, I, I struggle with drinking rum or whiskey neat, like. It would take me a while. I think it's nice, so I do. I do like, but it's probably because I'm fucking half shot already. You know what I mean? So. I know, because as soon as I drank it and like tasted it, I thought chance all blocked from last night or something. <laughs> It'll get me the marathon that way. I no, a wee, wee bit of coke in that area would be good to it. We like the what? We bit of coke and <laughs> I don't matter. Uh, yeah, so Mike and Dave need wedding that's just out there. I think it was releasing the stits in June. Uh, like I said, Zach Efron. Aubrey Plaza, Anna Kendrick. Adam Devine. Adam Devine as well from Workaholics. I'm a big Workaholics fan. Even though Adam Devine really fucking annoys me. I think that he has... His face annoys me. I think, <laughs> you know what, Lizzo, but he, he, he plays on that so much. And yeah. I mean, like, the only thing is that I think he's limiting himself in a certain way because through the TV show Workaholics, which he also writes and I think he produces it too, and then obviously he's, he's, he's getting 
few more kind of feature film roles now. He's in Modern Family as well. I caught him in an episode Modern, of Modern, Modern Family. Family. And then obviously he was in Pitch Perfect and stuff like that. So he's starting to kind of carve out a wee kind of feature film role for himself or feature film career for himself. But the only thing that I don't like is that, fair enough, it works for him, but he's playing a very specific role every time. Basically, a small man-child who's ridiculously over the top and shouts and is, you know, kind of overconfident. Yeah. And he plays the very same role in this film. And I think it's just going to... Because the sort of role he's playing is kind of gritting anyway, and it start. I think it'll people will get tired of it very quickly. You know what I mean? Mm. Especially if he's not bringing any more to the table. Because in workaholics, I would say he's my least favorite. You know, the fucking Anders. Who, who, who's your favorite? Uh, I don't, probably Anders. I love. Fuck, uh, do you watch workaholics? <laughs> I, I watched the first series because it was on Amazon Prime. I'd, but I would I would have wanted to watch more. It's just. None, none of them's on. No, I like I like Anders because it's cool because Anders, he, Anders and Anders Holmvik because he's like the straight, he's like the fucking straight sort of character, like the what would you say? Non-homosexual. No, not 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 no, not homosexual. Anyways, he is you know the kind of straight guy and the fact that he's not the quirky one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Can make a Roman coke with it. I work away. It's yeah. chance thing, man. Yeah, work away, work away. But uh, the the other two are sort of quirky and stuff like that. But I love the fact that not only does he play the straight guy, but then also he's got his hip hop alter ego. Have you ever seen that? No, I don't think so. He's got designs <laughs> on being like this hip hop superstar. So sometimes when he's trying to get out of an awkward situation, he'll just kind of put on this fucking hip hop persona. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's fucking one scene. It's one of my favorite lines ever in any fucking comedy. He walks into his library and he's got like the bandana on, the glasses, acting like this hip hop star. He's all sup all these books. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, back to uh, Mike and Dave and the Wendits. Seen the reviews, uh, heard a lot of like heard a, pretty much negative press. Like, oh, it's not very good. But I just wanted an easy Sunday watch, you know, for me and her to watch yeah. on that she would like and maybe just get an, a laugh, which we're waiting on our fucking ticket they come. And enjoyed it way more than what I was expecting. It actually is. I mean, you know the way a lot of the times for trailers, for comedies especially, they'll just chuck all the best jokes in. And usually, as soon as you see all the best jokes in the film, that's it, and there's nothing else, you know, they, they don't have really anything else they offer. This had a really good strike rate. I mean, from the start, I see it had a really good fucking hit rate of fucking laughs and, and jokes, and some really good setups. I don't want really to spoil anything, but there's a, a quad biking setup uh, that ha- that happens, which is, which is pretty good. But essentially then, the... Story is about Mike and Dave. They're two apparently it's based on real events, but they're two. Oh no! Yeah, I seen it three with the real guys. These seem like I, 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 dicks. I, no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, if going by these two characters, if they're real people, I don't want to see them. You know what I mean? Are they just kind of like bros in the film? Like they're actually they're actual, actual the brothers, actual, yeah, but no, but brothers. you know, like bros, like kind of douchebags. Yeah. No, do you know what? I was expecting that and that's what kind of turned me off the film they start. Because that's what the real people seem like. Yeah, time. I think that they probably, the screeners had to tone the real people down just to make them actually fucking likeable. But I was expecting, I was like, I don't want any of this sort of bro fucking mentality and like they're just going crazy and throwing fucking kiggers, man. But Adam Devine's character is about like that because, you know, it's Adam Devine playing him and that's all mm. he can fucking do. But uh, <laughs> Zac Efron, he's actually a well-rounded character, especially for like a sort of light comedy about two guys who bring ditch to a fucking you know mm. a wedding in Hawaii because their dad makes them do or, 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 or because their father makes them do so because every other big family gathering that they go to they, they fuck up because they're always too drunk or they're creating too much trouble <laughs> you know what I mean but uh, yeah Zach Efron is nice 
and well-rounded and I like the relationship that he kind of forms with Anna Kendrick in it too because she has her own history. Basically, it's not a spoiler because you're told this in the first five minutes. She gets jilted at the altar uh, by her, like, well, husband they be, but it never happens. And her going back to a wedding is almost like trauma because, you know, it starts to remind her of everything. Mm. And they could play it for laughs and stuff like that, which they do sometimes, but they actually form a nice, neat wee relationship on there. And it's, you know, for a 90-minute film, which is kind of more focused on laughs, there's a nice wee bit of heart there too, I think. But Aubrey Plaza, uh, I think she was probably trying to get away from, you know, the Aubrey Plaza. I thought she was a bunny one-track pony. I thought, you know, she just does that sort of deadpan humour. Yeah. And maybe this is her trying to get away from that image that she's created for herself. Because in this, it's not deadpan humor, but she's almost like the the dickhead, like you know, like the nasty sort of humor. And I don't know if it's the writing or it's her performance, but it she just becomes dislikable for me anyway. I didn't find her funny. I found her just more like she's a cunt. Well, you know why she why we spend so much fucking time with her, mm. especially in comparison to Anna Kendrick and Zac Efron's characters, who are nice and warm-hearted people. And Devine can pull it off because. He's a dickhead, but there's no threat there. Whereas Aubrey Plaza's performance, it seems like she's just a nasty piece of work and shit that she's saying doesn't really funny. It just comes off as hurtful, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's my own opinion. But it's nice to see that she's at least trying to do something else, you know what I mean? But he, but even in saying that, what the kind of stuff she does in like Parks and Rec and then even all her stuff she's been doing where it's deadpan stuff, but then like she, does, she does always come out with insults or you kind of put like they put people down yeah so maybe it's just it's a, an extension of that side of it and not so much the deadpanness could be as i say i don't know if it's the writing or her character uh or her performance maybe but it's just the character doesn't work for me really i just think that they were probably going for like you know a sort of cold-hearted sort of icy humor but it, it just didn't come off it she just came off as nasty as opposed to being like sort of funny in a way like you know what mm. i mean but uh oh that's no, good fun 90 minutes you know it's about two boys who go to fucking hawaii we dits and uh, they, they introduced a sister character whose wedding it is and her husband and i think they do a really good job of that considering like with 90 minute comedies it's usually very condensed yeah. you know it's only usually focused on maybe two or three characters for it the most but in this, I think they do a, a good job of just kind of rounding all the characters because the sister gets a lot of screen time and even her husband's introduced and their relationship's sort of investigated. And I think for the, the running time of the film and what the focus of the film is, just being like a, a sort of light comedy, they do a good job of not only rounding the characters but just kind of making you care about the characters, really. You know, they're not just glorified extras. They actually are part of the story and they all get their own sort of jokes as well. So, yeah, it's good. Do they try and act that Adam Devine is just as ripped as Zac Efron? <laughs> no, they they actually they have an, <laughs> they have an joke and the fact that Adam Devine plays the older brother in the film, so he's older than Zac Efron is, which I was confused about because I think Zac Efron looks older, but whatever. But it's that Adam's the older brother, but he never really loved up to his potential, whereas Zac Efron is perfection you know what yeah. i mean like i mean he's wrapped he's fucking ridiculously good looking he's a lot nicer than adam devine who's like really emotionally unstable and stuff again and there's a running joke that every woman who kind of comes up to adam just kind of fobs him off like even Aubrey plaza says he's, he's almost like a man who you would think there's more there but he just stopped growing at some point <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no what is it no what does she say she's all it's like <laughs> it's good so 
Adam's like when you look at a man and say one of those kind of circus hall emerge thing and you're expecting like a taller guy there but then you see him and no that's just him <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, they, pre- they pretty much obviously because it's, like, it's a Zach Efron vehicle as well like so they're, they're trying to promote him yeah. you know what I mean and, and trying to make him look better but uh, they do acknowledge it and they definitely don't try and acknowledge that Adam Devine's more rough very rarely does he get his shirt off put it that way no, because in, in the trailers, it, it kind of seemed like they were trying to put them as, oh, these two brothers that are kind of, they work stuff, on, yeah. I, No, I, I kind of got that from the trailer too, but no, in reality, oh, of course as well, Efron gets his, his standard contract that shirtless scene on there. But uh, I think he's actually... You don't waste he, that shit. he did say in an interview, he's going to contractually have it that he doesn't do it anymore. He's starting to get sick of it. I, do you know what? And fair play to him, just very quickly, sign off him, make a Dave and he wouldn't it. Um, Very quickly, can I try that kiwi stuff? You can indeed. It's delicious. I was sort of supping away at it there. I've nearly enough polished it myself. Thank you. But uh, when Zach Efron first kind of came on the scene and, you know, high school musical and stuff like that, obviously that it's the sort of the, the poison chalice, I suppose, of being a, a child actor. You're all really loved or really hated. And a lot of people are going to hate you because, like, oh, it's high school musical. It's a load of shit. I think he's done an unbelievable job of basically redirecting his career path. Because he's made a couple, not I wouldn't say bold choices, but a lot of people wrote him off as just being a pretty boy fucking teeny actor and nobody gave a fuck about him. And I think he's pretty good. I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's amazing. I don't think he's challenged himself enough yet, but he's focused now on sort of adult comedies and stuff and he done me and Orson Welles. And I, I just like the sort of way he's going about Paper his career. Paper boy as well. Hmm? Paper boy is Paper a Paper boy yeah. as well, I don't. That was, a, that was a fucking weird film. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I... McConaughey or brothers, isn't it? I can't imagine if they're brothers, but either. But then, Nicole Kidman's in there too, isn't there? And fucking John Cusack just being the biggest creep you've ever seen. Ah, he's fucking class in it, actually. Uh, there's just the scene where like Nicole Kidman goes to visit him, and they can't touch, but he wants to have sex with her. So he he just asks her to like, pull up her skirt and all, and he's just looking at her like, <laughs> oh, it's, John, it's, stop it! It's pure creepy. Like. But good film. <laughs> Sign off. Uh, Megan David need wedding. It's easy watch. 90 minutes long. Uh, Zach Efron and I Kendrick's relationship is quite nice and they're two very likeable characters and a lot of laughs in there. And also, you'll just get a lot of laughs from the surrounding cast, which is always nice, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you get just bored of two people's relationship or bored of focusing on one or two characters. Mm. So it's, it's well-rounded in that way. I enjoyed it. It's perfect for a Sunday. Nice. Yeah. This week... Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> This week I watched. Well, say this week, whenever I was in Spain. When when was in Spain last week? Yes, you were in Spain last week. I watched Tusk. Is I gonna? Is that the Kevin Smith one? The Kevin Smith one. Uh, what is this actually? Sorry. Justin Long. Haley uh, Joel Osment is that his name from Sixth Sense. Yep. He's he's on there. He, he grew up weird looking. He grew, he grew up, up weird. weird. <laughs> he grew up pretty weird looking. Well, to be fair, probably everybody does. You yeah, just you don't have that reference point for everyone. I just, I just seen a photo of him recently. And I was like, he looks like someone in a Madame Tussauds or something. <laughs> he, he doesn't look like a. Re- it looks like a wax fist or something he's got. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say. It. He, he just he, he just, just looks did, like a person. He put on too much weight. Is that what you mean? I, but uh, no, no, not even that. No, I just I don't know. He's got like one of you ever see those people? He just their fist doesn't look real. You know what I mean? Like it looks like they've got a fake fist. Or is this just me? No, I, I wouldn't say that. Like plastic. What well, there? Let's get a couple of photos of him up here. Anyway, continue <laughs> talking about the one. Well, I don't know. 
This isn't a freckles and his hair is kind of spiky, so it looks like an Arnie wig from T- Terminator or something. His hair isn't spiky. Well, in well, in Tusk, I, he has long hair. Well, in, in like uh, AIM, I'm thinking of. I see. This is when he was still a child. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you're saying he grew up weird looking. Well, no, it, Shan it, said that, Aaron. <laughs> it, I he just looks ran with it. In, uh, an entourage. He plays Billy Bob Thornton's son. He's like this producer. He's a bit of a wanger. He's from <laughs> I East. know. He's grand. I think he looks normal. He looks a bit like me, really. <laughs> no, you're far better looking. Don't do that to your You're far better looking, Bambi. Thanks. Although, oh, well, I won't I won't go on that, but... Hayley Joel's J- Hayley Joel's gets 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 Andy some mighty fine looking woman in this one. Oh, uh-huh. right. here we go. Right, I perked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, right. Tusk. It's uh, it was out what a couple of years ago, or was it just out uh, last year? It's either no, 2014 or 2015. It's 2014. It's um, two years old. But uh, yeah, it's Kevin Smith film. It actually spawned from a conversation Kevin Smith had on one of his podcasts. Mm-hmm. They there was this news story about. I can't even mind what because I've I've listened to the podcast, but I can't even mind completely the whole story. But they find this news story about this guy, and in some ways he's related to a walrus. Then him and Scott Mosier, who's his producer, who does the podcast, way they just go off in this whole riff of this guy was befriended a walrus, and he tries to turn people into a walrus and all his hair. So that's that's essentially what the film is. <laughs> so. Justin Long plays this very successful podcaster and then he, he's going up to Canada to interview someone but then that falls through so when he's up in Canada he's just trying to find someone else to interview because he spent the money to go up there so mm-hmm. he needs to do something and Haley Joel Osment is the person he does the podcast with and then Justin Long has a very attractive girlfriend as well I can't remember her name in it though but I don't know but, always uh, do this I always forget the woman's subconscious names. sexism. <laughs> subconscious <laughs> sexism, but uh, yeah. So he he finds this ad of someone says they they want someone to live in their spare room. They don't they won't charge them rent. They just need help because they're in a wheelchair. So they just need help around the house and stuff like that. But in the ad, it says like, "Oh, I've I've lived a life. I can tell stories and all this here kind of crack." So Justin Long goes to visit him and says to him like, "Oh, I just want to interview you for my podcast." Is Hayley Joel Osment in the wheelchair? No, Hayley Joel Osment is back in America. This is what Justin Long does in Canada. Okay, okay. Hayley Joel Osment is just that's who he normally does the podcast. Wait, he's has Justin Long's friend. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, it's a it's an older boy. I can't even mind his name. Look it up for me, John. Yeah, well, indeed. See, not sexist, just bad memory. <laughs> but well, or sexist and ages. <laughs> That's also another option. Some old fucker. <laughs> Some old bastard. Fucking. Some old fucking woman. Just Some old fucking, <laughs> fucking trouble bag. Just. Oh, is it Michael Parks? Is it Michael? Parks? He was in Red State. Aye. He's fucking so good in Red State. Apparently, according to Kevin Smith and Tarantino too, who actually cast them. I think Rodriguez cast him in from Dust Till Dawn. Aye. Kevin Smith and Tarantino have both said that Michael Parks, Michael Parks, yes, is that the actor? Yeah. They've both said that Michael Parks could have been one of the biggest actors ever in Hollywood, but early in his career, because apparently he was a bit of a diva, he burnt a lot of bridges, and basically it was only through Tarantino's appreciation of his earlier films that he cast him, in, or sorry, that he got Rodriguez to cast him from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. And then obviously Kevin Smith liked them, but he just made a lot of enemies in Hollywood, and that kind of fucked oh, up yeah. his career chances. But like, if, if you've seen Red's it, he's amazing. Red's it. In all fairness, that, that'll actually be my because I think it's Kevin Smith's best film. That'll be my recommendation. Okay. But we'll talk about that later. 
But yeah, so yeah, Michael Parks is the guy he meets, and then he tells this whole story about he was on a ship and it got ship he got shipwrecked and all, and then this walrus came along and took care of him and coddled him and just treated it like a, like he said his only friend was a walrus. And do you wonder how some scrubs get off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> and he was all like, he, he just saying like the the walrus like the the nice like the best creature in nature and all is here gonna crack so basically what happens then is they starts turning justin long and their walrus <laughs> and that's that's kind of the whole plot of them, basically but uh is it twisted like or is it sort of bittersweet we we see this this is the thing what kevin smith tries to do is well what i think he was trying to do is trying to make like a dark kind of horror comedy Mm-hmm. But it it doesn't it doesn't really come off, and I think it is down the Kevin Smith's just limitations in his direction yeah, because okay. the 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 horror bits aren't scary enough, they're not creepy enough, and the comedy bits aren't funny enough. Uh-huh. And I think with with that kind of premise, because it has just a kind of fucked up nature to it, I think mm. there is a really good kind of dark comedy in there maybe with a more skilled director yeah and I, like i'm i'm a fan of kevin smith like i've listened to his podcasts and stuff and like i've enjoyed I'm a fan his of previous him. films I'm a fan but... Of him, but you have realized now that d- direct him is fair enough in his own stuff like podcast and then he obviously does like you know the, the evening with kevin smith and all that sort of um yeah like public speaking sort of thing but i think directorially he's been on the fucking dup for a while now like you know he's on oh, that dub but I mean he's been, he's been in, <laughs> but he's but he's, <laughs> but he's been he's been on the because, because you look I mean there was that I, pretty much even even though Red Stit is a good film that bombed as well like you know what I mean that didn't make yeah. any money and then there was Tusk and Cop Out that done fuck all Cabo's you know what I mean and a shite as well but he, he'll, he'll say that himself like that's like, why I like about him he's very he, open I- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like, he goes on. Well, you see, this is pretty much thing. Since he stepped outside the Vuesk universe, it started to go about downhill. Like, you know what I mean? As soon as he basically stopped making films with Jane Silent Bob on it, he had a big cold following. I'm very surprised he hasn't went back that though. Well, he's doing Clerks Three and Mallrats, which is the Mallrats sequel. Mallrats is my favorite film growing up until I was about thirteen. Uh, caught myself on. Don't get me wrong, I still have a, still got a good place in my heart. I, I think Clerks. I think the Mallrats sort of characters and story is far better than Clerks. Uh, Always thought that. Like. Clerks gets to be a bit tiresome. I mean, the, the dialogue's good and it's really snappy, and that's why it kind of, along with Pulp Fiction, 
was one of the fucking the, the, the beacons of early 90s independence cinema in America mm. and it, it was just really cool to see because I think it was an inspiration to a lot of people too because uh, Kevin Smith made Clerks I think for Sean like $22,000 and the only way that he got money for it is he maxed out like 7 credit cards yeah. and like sold all the shit just to get it off the ground and I think didn't he pretend he was the owner of a video shop I've something like that and <laughs> even, even just that drive just to get a fucking feature film made on that amount of money and you know for it to be a success was I'd say really inspiring to a lot of young directors but sure he, he was inspired by Richard Richard Linklater yeah I know he don't slacker I uh, was yeah, slacker yeah, yeah, exactly but uh, only slacker that's all, that's all Richard Linklater <laughs> <I know. laughs> only ever on slacker never heard him again but uh, um, I, I suppose it, it's, it probably doesn't inspire a lot of people but I do I, I do understand what you're saying I think though the limitations with clerks are probably down to the fact that it's made on twenty two thousand dollars, and they yeah. just. But didn't even the really... sequel, I find well. I, I, the sequel's grand. Like I, I mean, never it, It's alright. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's that bad. It's just it's it's watchable as we see. But, uh, with rats I mean, he's Kevin Smith said himself, twenty two grand for Clerks. Apparently, he was handed six million from rats and he was like, I don't even need. That is very next film, was it? Yeah. He was, and it was only like a year, a year after. And he was like, I don't need this much money, like, and I, yeah. I could make this for like half this. You know what I mean? Because even even clerks too, I think he was handed. I watched the making of. I think he was handed like, I think it was something like twenty million or something. And he says, you know what? Uh, I think there was there was an area of of Jersey where he lives where uh, he says there was a, a couple like Burger Kings yeah. that were just closing down. It was just that time financially and stuff there's yeah. a few I don't know if it was Burger King but it was drive throughs were closing yeah. down and so he says we'll just fucking do, we'll get one of these places that have just recently closed down so it'll look alright and I think he just had all these ways of doing it cheap and he says just give me 10 or give me five. you know he just I don't well, know you don't buy clerks do because instead of getting traders and stuff as well there was like there was like a motel like across the street <laughs> or something so they got, every, they, got <laughs> they got everybody a hotel they got everybody a room Aye. in a motel nice one I amuse one they love there. <laughs> he was staying there and all there and all. He has whole thing. He's like, I think I might just fucking move in though. Off the skag at that point, was he? <laughs> I, uh, I think he, he, ju- he just got off with it. <laughs> they get given like ten motel rooms for like a cheap rate and all, and then like we saw because you get like TV, you get electricity, you get it all sorted and all. Nice one. And you get breakfast and all, and then he didn't realize that after they left, it was the prices just going to like skyrocket again. Yeah. And then he's like, oh fuck, it's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think we'll just bring him up very quickly? That Jason Muse has one of the strangest acting careers in like cinema because he's instantly recognizable as being like this big cult, you know, Jay and Silent Bob and stuff like that, but. He was never really an actor. The only reason that he got the J role was because he was Kevin Smith's friend, yeah. and he just Kevin Smith thought he was funny, so he kind of he just wrote him, yeah, him as a person. Him, and but then obviously they never expected the success of Jane Silent Bob or for it to be this big cultural fucking hit. So then he just kind of kept doing. But besides that, if you actually look at his IMDb, he hasn't done a lot. Obviously, he's had fucking like drug problems and stuff like that. But wasn't bar, he, is it, it was an episode of Glee, wasn't it? Aye. But I mean, bar, <laughs> bar like bar. <laughs> Jane Silent Bob. That's Glee was because he was an actual run. I was like, fuck, amusing. There's a lot. fucking Glee ones. Or I must be. <laughs> <laughs> but like bar Jane Silent Bob, he hasn't really done any other acting work. It just seems like he's happy to do it because he was never an actor in the first place you know what I mean well no like he does butts and pieces I think but it's it's a weird one like you know I think I think after like the whole Jay and Silent Bob films ended I think he did and obviously that's when he kind of got off drugs and stuff as well but uh I think he did start push like trying to act more because like 
all right, it's a bad example, but like he's in like a film called Bottoms Up with like Paris Hilton and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but he 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 has done loads of like way smaller stuff, and he's amused but about. Ask for smack up, boys. <laughs> but he no, but I think he has done a lot of kind of just smaller kind of stuff where, yeah. like that's probably all he can get. Like, but I think he is trying to give it like a decent shout. That I think as well because he's just so associated with a role of J, it would be a fucking nightmare for him to get all the roles. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And you actually oh, look I at the parallel. I mean, like, it's actually a fucking nearly a, a perfect parallel of Nick Frost wasn't an actor, wrote and they spaced, and then. Obviously, led on the show on the dead and stuff. He yeah, was a smackhead. Because I was a smackhead, like of course, but uh, because because he was just Simon Pegg's mucker, Simon Pegg thought he was the funniest yeah. person on earth. And but yeah. he's carved out his own career because he's not as associated with just one rule. You know uh, what I mean? Because he was in like the Boat the Rock and stuff. Boat the Rock and the Cuban Fury and stuff. I get Cuban Fury. Fuck me. Was up rough as bags. Yeah, like, I, I didn't bother me And I thought that. like Nick Frost, love him. Rashida Jones, love her. And then, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, love her, Chris. I've never, I've never, yeah, I like Chris O'Donnell. Uh, he's never won me over, and it's sad they say as a fellow Irishman, he's never won uh, me over. I like, I, 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 I just don't like uh, him. I, no, I don't. It's not I don't like him. I, I can, I can bear him. I think he's good in Bridesmaids, and I think he's good, and uh, he's, he, I think he's brilliant in the boat that rocked. Because nah, there's right. one scene where the fucking uh, the whole, have you seen it? I have seen it, but I honestly uh, can't remember much from it. First, it's follow it's me and lead everyone breeze. to see each other. Aww. 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 No, I the Rock though in the Stits. They renamed it. Uh, uh, it was like Pirate, Pirate Radio. But Nick Frost fucking amazing. That he's like this <laughs> fucking sex god or something. <laughs> 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 he's fucking brilliant. But uh, Simon Pegs is the first time he's seen him. He was at some fucking party or something, and. <laughs> He says he, he looked over and he saw Simon Pegg sleeping against the <laughs> the speaker, the stage speaker, while the band was playing. We had a pint of lager. <laughs> <laughs> the band was fucking blaring and he was asleep. Just <laughs> I love though, how you, like I can't I don't know I kind of get a buzz off how best friends they are. You know what I mean? Like it Aye. seems like they are absolute like heterosexual life partners. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we're never going to be that happy. We are, Bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we'll get there. <laughs> You're the neck to my Simon, or with the Simon to my neck, or whatever it is. Bamboo and Shansi. Bamboo and Shansi? Shansi, my new name. You can be Edgar Wright. You actually have the same haircut as Edgar Wright. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh. <laughs> you can be the director, me and Shan will be the stars. <laughs> <laughs> You calling him Bambi or Bamboo? Bamboo. Bamboo. Because <laughs> I'm a panda. Because he used to be called Panda and then it just kind of led on the Bamboo. That's a nice, it's sort of an affectionate name too. It's <laughs> a new thing, by the way, so I've been going the last two weeks. I know, it happened on the podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah anyway. Definitely blog. <laughs> back to Tusk. Is, uh, I know, I think that the, the idea is better than the way it's executed. And... I I really did want to like the film because I, I knew so much about it just from listening to Kevin Smith's podcast and I liked the podcast where it came from and stuff and he talks about it like that it was like slated by critics and stuff but he but he talks about why he did it and the reason like why he did it in a certain way or whatever and I respect so much where he's coming from that he's making these low budget films just for his fans and yeah. he's not trying to make it anything bigger but it's just I I didn't enjoy it, and I, I was I was a bit disappointed with myself. Yeah. But I know just the the horror isn't scary enough, and the comedy isn't funny enough. Because 
because it, it's like Kevin Smith brand of comedy as well. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to be like creepy and build tension, and then it just kind of cuts the Johnny Depp being a strange policeman. Yeah, and it's they, it's a bit jarring. They always say as well, and I mean, and Kevin Smith again, in fairness to him, always he always sheds light in his limitations. He's very open. He's very honest and stuff like that. But he says, listen, I get paid a lot of money to do fucking dick and fart jokes, like, and but I don't see how dick and fart jokes would work with that tone of that film. You know what I mean? I know it doesn't. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying with Jerry, like you're saying, like, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, this red state again. Sure, we can talk about it when you, yeah. you recommend it. But yeah, there's 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 some kind of funny moments that I don't. You think was he going for a joke there or not? Like when you first see Justin Long in full walrus mode, it's funny <laughs> just because how stupid it looks like. And then then there's full wall, full, full wall, like. <laughs> But then, like, there's there's a whole fight, him and, what do you call him again? Michael, Michael Park. Parks. Michael Parks. There's a whole fight that they have together then. And it's it's really ridiculous. And I think that is kind of what, what he is going for. And that kind of bit works. Yeah. Because it's so ridiculous and so stupid that it's kind of funny. But Didn't he see that scrap on Coronation Street the other night, though? No? no, what happened there? I don't know. She was, like, she was watching it, but... <laughs> I love how you don't say her name. Just ask. She uh, was watching. No, it. She was, but anyway, <laughs> who who was, was watching? It? <laughs> it was on the on the TV, and I don't know if obviously I don't fucking follow Coronation Street, but I don't know if they're going for like a more light-hearted sort of angle now on Coronation Street. But it was like it was like a slapstick fight, like they were scrapping each other. And I was because you assume that on Coronation Street there was a fight that's for dra- dramatic purposes. Somebody's getting nodded. Like. Aye, it's for dramatic purposes, or as they fucking carry on a certain story. And come on. Phone's off, please. Right, it's for work tomorrow. Oh, what are we doing then? I guess recording. Recording what? <laughs> don't don't be sad, bamboo. I know you're you're flustered and you're you seem a bit angry. It's okay. It happened. It's happened. There's no going back. Let's just power on and get it done. It's alright. <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to cheer you up. Right. Okay. And we're, just, we're, just, we're just going to do recommendations. Right. Okay, look. I just have to check what year Red Step was in. It's 2009, but... Gee, go ahead. Go ahead. I just have to check what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? 2011? Okay. What year? What year is it? It's like Jumanji, isn't it? <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> okay, so... Okay, right. For the listeners, <laughs> you might have you might have just heard a full conversation with no gaps and then a jump, or you might have just heard. Oh no! Either way, it'd be a full conversation with no jumps. Yeah. But okay, right. Basi- basically, basically, <laughs> we 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 talked for about forty minutes, uh, but now we've might have lost that recording. So we were talking about Curtis Hanson. And his films, and that spawned off the how Tony Clett is a woman on the edge and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> she always gets a touch. But uh, so yeah, if if you've just heard that, that's great. 
but it may be corrupted and we might not be able to retrieve it. So if you haven't heard that, Fuck's sake. You, you missed out. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was probably the best thing we've ever. It's probably the best thing we've. I mean, but but reality, we played on your favor. Like, <laughs> like during that forty minutes, I thought like we're, we're this yeah. is this is why we started the podcast here. Yeah. Like, this we, is we've arrived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what's going to get us the I think the podcast fate, awards, yeah, like podcast dollars. <laughs> I, I think fate was the editor this evening. <laughs> yeah. so yeah we're just going to go straight into recommendations so it might be a long episode a short episode maybe no episode maybe no episode <laughs> we we shall see <laughs> but yeah so recommendations my recommendation is I brought it up earlier on Red State 2011 uh, obviously directed by Kevin Smith and I, I mean like, he gets all his plots and stuff like that for the Viewers Universe and you know everything kind of related to Jane Silent Bob what's the name of it? The Viewers The Viewers it's because the production company is called Viewers but then like fans of Kevin Smith called the Viewers Universe okay it's just it's That's a shit, I know it's a cheat like but <clears throat> uh, yeah I, I think it's his best film and uh, the, the reason that I appreciate it too is that it was after watching all like what is it five five original Vuesku like sort of Jane Silent Bob yeah. films, and I think that was the first one that I watched because I didn't even borrow a copy because I heard it was absolutely shit. I think I was out before it. It was the first non Vuesku universe film. I don't watch that in there, but uh, it was the first one that I watched that it basically wasn't revolving around that sort of that world. And I thought, I, I can't really imagine Kevin Smith doing a film outside of that world, but. He proved me wrong. Unfortunately, like we've been saying, he's kind of taken a bit of that, you know, in the past couple of years with, you know, films like Tusk. But, really good. And just to get on the film, basically, it is Kevin Smith's take on the, the kind of infamous Westboro Baptist Church, who are like fascist fucking right-wing Christian fundamentalists who think that gays are evil and shouldn't exist and all this sort of fucking stuff. But it's us taking But they Mike... have bad points as well. <laughs> But then, Michael uh, Michael Parks, who you were talking about earlier, is the lead character in it, and he basically plays like the head of this really fucked up church. And what they're doing is they're not just preaching anymore, but they're basically going on the like arm revolt. So they kidnap three guys who are basically just out. They fucking get stoned and have a bit of a drink, and they want to execute them in front of this mass you know just to kind of show these are like the sort of drug abusing liberals that we're up against and basically just they, they make a stand and then uh, it, t- it turns on basically like a big sort of siege standoff film and then there's kind of elements of like the other world you know like the afterlife and stuff with god at the end there's a really cool scene with a bell that i won't spoil that um kind of makes you think oh is, there, is this kind of now turned on the going from the real world and they like the sort of supernatural or something like that but Great film, really tense, really just fast paced. It actually kind of reminded me of a Greengrass film, you know what I mean, Colin? Where it's just like kind of gone and run, and it's just really tight. There's no fat on it. Michael Parks is brilliant, and he's unbelievably sinister as this sort of really evil fucking preacher. And um, yeah, for a thriller, it's it's really fucking tense, keeps you on your toes. And I think as well, it always makes it a bit easier to enjoy a thriller if you actually properly despise the. The, the antagonist and here it's very easy to despise them because they're like piece of shit human beings who are really backwards and fucking narrow minded or whatever else but yeah it's good and it's just a pity that I don't know Kevin Smith never really kind of took off from there instead he done films like Tusk well were you saying like it's really tense and stuff like 
why couldn't that have been Cara Dundee does? Because yeah. like, that's kind of what he should have been going It's weird for, because, I mean, bar like some of the odd dick and fart joke, you know, between like the, the, the three sort of guys that they kidnap and stuff like that, there's not a lot of humour in Red State. I mean, there's a bit, but most of it is just a, a straight thriller, you know yeah. what I mean? And then John Goodman actually pops up at the end of Red State too as basically like the, the head of the cops during the siege and he's fucking brilliant as well. He's always brilliant though. He's just one of those actors. But at that time though, Kevin Smith was like kind of enthralled with like a kind of campaign from what he called the Westboro Westboro Bat- Baptist Church. Yeah. I, like they like when he released that film, they were protesting that film and stuff. Yeah, that. And he he had the whole back and forth with them as well. But like he was loving it because it just made it more of a fucking spectacle Easy for publicity. his film. Like, yeah. Easy publicity. And this all kind of started way back with Dogma and stuff. Because obviously the whole thing yeah. about a lot of Kevin Smith films is I like Dogma's brilliant. I love Dogma. Uh, I mean, like it's. I'd say actually probably that's near enough as a second best film. Dogma. Uh, I would say Mallrats, Dogma, and Red are his three best. Like. Mm. Like Chase and Amy in there. Actually, Chase and Amy. In fairness, like Chase and Amy is really fucking good as well. <laughs> this is why Chad realized Kevin Smith's a great filmmaker. <laughs> but you know what? He, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a great it's, film. It's he's, he's done. He's done really good films. I don't think he's a great director. He, know, he knows. He knows his limitations, and you know he exceeds them sometimes. That whole thing about having the threesome and all, I've never got that. I always thought that was just really stupid. It was forced, but then I think it was the 90s and this whole fucking idea of like kind of new age relationships and pretty much swinging and kind of having open relationships kind of came, became a wee bit niche. So I think it was just a kind of, it's very much of its time, just name me like, because uh. now it's not, it's not accepted that you know people are in open relationships and that's just a modern world. But I think in the nineties, it's always been happening. But I think the nineties is when people kind of start talking about it more and being a bit more open about it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and plus as well, just I mean, I think in the nineties, it's really when the sort of LGBT community kind of no, no, but it's started just that, it's just more into the mainstream. I never got how they can get to that logic of it's like he sets Jason Lee and uh, Amy down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what he caught and he says that Joey Lauren Adams aye just her name lots of ways popping in my head there bloody gorgeous she's but, fucking uh, the ultimate she's one of those 90s actresses just yeah. in so much in the 90s mm. and then she's great and then like that is well. of, it was like great either me and you like Jason Lee's or either me and you are going to bang or you and Amy are going to bang or what? who are here getting fucked it was <laughs> <laughs> what are you getting fucked <laughs> but uh it's just this I don't know how that solves anything yeah or how it solved it. I don't know I, I never got that it was like a really weird conversation that I don't think do you not think oh, that is the sort of point of story that Ben Affleck's character doesn't get this and he just wants Amy to himself hence he's chissing Amy whereas Amy is a lot freer and more sure of herself than what he is and yeah. she kind of wants to have this open relationship and you know sleep with other people and do your own thing no, she and that's what and that's what frustrates him but she, I mean like she she kind of because she's a lesbian and stuff like that she no, kinda, no she, she doesn't want an open relationship it's the fact that she had like a promiscuous history that, that that's, yeah. that's what freaks him out because he, he, he didn't have any of that yeah and because like, the whole two guys at the same time lesbian, sort of thing and then but that's what I'm saying she's just a lot freer more sure of her sexuality uh, and he kind of wants the more traditional let's just go out and I don't want to think about you know past relationships and stuff like that I think it's just two different mindsets of relationship and sexuality kind of meeting I think it's, it's, it's interesting and for Kevin Smith who's not known for his fucking nuances or subtlety I think he does it pretty well in that film in fairness I know it's a, it's a decent film I definitely well you have the whole thing in Clerks as well where it, 
he's raging about how many guys his girlfriend had sex with and stuff like yeah it probably kind of like that's probably the acorn of what is it so because is she not like fucking or like sucked like 15 dicks 15 or something dicks and she's fucking like sleep she She's sleeping with a guy who has the fucking heart attack and a bogs on me. I haven't watched Clerks in years. I, can't, I, like, I really can't remember. But no, I get, and a, a boy definitely dies in the toilet anyway. And I think she was in the process of riding them. That's all I got. But, uh, yeah, a- Red Stitz. A- a- Trish the dish. <laughs> Nobody calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just kind of like Kev- Kevin Smith. When he's when he's been lauded for films, it's more down to the writing. And Kevin Smith says that he's more of a writer than a director. And he's so fucking pretty well done directing, only. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But when so when one of his films kind of excels, it's more down to the writing of the film and the kind yeah. of story of the film. I think Kevin Smith will put his hands up and say that you know he became the John Apatow comedy style director, where you just kind of frame it get a long focus and just point the camera you're not going I for know, anything he, he always says he never fun- moves the camera <laughs> yeah you're not going for any fucking fancy cranes or tracks or nothing like that I mean it's just basically capture the action you know what I mean yeah or sorry capture the dialogue the actor saying and that's all you really need because like you were just saying his films are more about the characters and what they say as opposed to what's going on Like it's actually weird because in, a, in a, one of his podcasts maybe a few months ago he was talking about he directed an episode of The Flash the TV show and like he said it was one of the few times he's he went there just as a pure director like he directed the first episode of reaper and stuff mm-hmm. and he's done a few things where he hasn't written it but he's directing it yeah the cop out was one of those as well yeah but uh that was the first film he directed he didn't write i think aye but uh not the only reason it was shit <laughs> many other problems there but with the Flash specifically, because you're dealing with a superhero, and he's he's coming like with Reaper, he was the he was the first he was the director of the pilot, so he's kind of setting the tone and of the whole series. Then in the way it's Scorsese shot the book, yeah, you know I mean? And so, but if he's coming into this show, with the Flash, it's already an established thing, and they already know how to do how the Flash does his Flash things, like. Like he just kind of runs off screen, and then there's like a puff of air, and then that's him flying off, and that's how they do the special effects and all. So he's kind of a step backwards from all air kind of stuff. He's not telling people how to do this yeah. stuff, so he's literally just there. It's already an art, well-oiled machine. So he does. Right. He he was saying he's he doesn't really know what the, else he he's just going had to, there do. to do. A job. He's basically just going on there as a fucking technician, just to tell people what to do. You know what I mean? But he he, he said on a podcast like. That's when he first kind of realized how to direct, yeah. and it's mad that he's saying that a few months ago directing an episode of The even, Flash. Even though he's been a director for like <laughs> twenty years at this point, like a. But it was it was mental to hear to hear a director of all those films. They say that now, like yeah. Strange, I suppose, and the fact and we'll get off this because we want to do our recommendations and get the fuck out of here, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's strange. Well, one of us does. Well, I've got, I've got, got a thing tonight that I have to go to. But, um, it's always a thing. I know. I wish there was nothing because I, I just know. really want to sit me fucking I hole. I know. I know. He knows. Thanks, Bamboo. But it's strange though because if you think, say, if you're a cinematographer or you're boomer operator or whatever else, there's a certain. I've always been interested in this. There's a certain skill that you have to learn how to do it. You have to learn about the equipment. And they always say, like, oh, the best directors have kind of started from the bottom and worked their way up. I don't necessarily think that's true sometimes. Sometimes it is true. It's just each their own. But with direction, it's like, what what, what skills do you have to have? You know, it's obviously you have to be a people person. You have to be able to communicate pretty well. You have to have a vision and a story in your head. But, I mean, anybody can say that they could do that. Whereas, you know, if you're 
a boom operator or you're a cameraman, you have to actually have an actual skill, you know what I mean, mm. of of operating and being a technician. But a director, it's it's strange. Like, what's what's the criteria? What's 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 the lust of qualifications that you have to have to be a director? You know, it's weird. Just if they truck people and they're like, you do. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's an interesting concept, though. Considering yeah. they're the most important person on set, but sometimes, in some cases, like Kevin Smith, maybe don't really. Well, well, the, he he no, was a direct, no set qualification. He was the director I mean? because he wrote the thing. That's because yeah. uh, he did it himself, yeah. and that's why he was the director. It's interesting, though. Yeah, you know? but then there's because it, say, it, it is one of those undefinable things. I mean, yeah. like a producer as well. What's a producer? Even people get the credit of producer when they've done fuck all. Oh, well, the, the, the whole like, executive producer thing, yeah, which is basically just a pat in the back if you're friends with the actual fucking producer. Like, I, because it can, it can span from being really involved, they doing fuck all, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Producer and director is just like, nothing qualifies you as a director that's other, exactly other than the previous things you've done. That's exactly what I'm saying. Though. I think that's the interesting concept. I think it's just even more interesting because they are the head of this huge beast like any feature film is just a huge beast and so many people and so much money involved even with small budget mm. and there's one person at the very top of the chain and it's just strange like how they sort of fall on it because it seems like Kevin Smith sort of fell on it because he basically funded his own first film Clerks 22 grand and then just kind of went on from there but he never had at that point worked in a studio or worked on a film so he didn't really know the structure of what an actual on set yeah. director does it's interesting but anyway Red it, good film. Watch it. Okay. Uh my recommendation is Moneyball. Mm. I'd it's it's once again, one again, like when I was in Spain, I just caught the end of it. Also also watched World War Z, so I had a wee Brad Pitt time in <laughs> in Spain. He needs all the help he can get at the moment, like he's going through, <laughs> going through a rough time so it's through divorce. But uh yeah, no, just I, I caught the end of Moneyball and I've like I, I really enjoyed the film when I first seen it, and I have it on Blu-ray and stuff. But uh, just I hadn't watched it since it came out, pretty much, and just catching it, it was like, Jesus, a really good fucking film. Barry Bean, and I think I think it's one of Brad Pitt's best performances yep. as well. Like, just it's so it's so natural, and just the the whole film, it just it just feels like this really, well, because it is a true story, like. But, you know, Moneyball again, Bennett Muller, is it? The Don Capote? I'll check. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's it's Bennett right. Muller. I... Aye, it's an Aaron Sorkin script, and yeah, Bennett Muller. Don't that. we know? <laughs> <laughs> what was that line you told me? It was fucking a great line about Aaron Sorkin. That at oh. least I don't have to do. Oh, about uh, Newsroom? Aye, so good. It was, a, it was a comedian. I can't even remember what comedian said it, but they were talking about the uh, the show Newsroom. It's like, oh. Now, it's great to hear Aaron Sorkin's opinion on news without having to cook with him. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Moneyball, it's it's Brad Pitt. What's the character's name again? Barry Bean. Barry Bean. Yeah, it's the actual man's name too. Yeah. And uh, I know he's he's a he's a baseball coach and it's just Jonah Hill's character comes in we just this theory that someone Stats. else came up with and it's like it's a different way of choosing players and I, I don't I don't want to explain the whole film, but it's really good. <laughs> and it's just it's really it's really natural and just fizz really Sorry. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. <laughs> Barry Barry Bean. Bean. <laughs> but just the the thing always sticks out to me in that film as well is as his daughter in it and she's not even in it that much, but just 
the like the wee song she sings for him and stuff and then at the very end you have that again once everything's happened what's happened and stuff and there's there's some really powerful but at the end of it just once they've they've done everything and it's turned out the way it's turned out there's a great scene that always stood out to me in Moneyball and I, what I love about Pat's performance is it's the, the most unshowy performance that you'll watch because yeah. it's so stripped down and because it's so stripped down he actually really seems like a real person who's just under a lot of pressure with his team but it's the scene in the car when his team is playing but he's not at the match you know what I mean but you can just see the tension when he's listening to the radio and, oh, I, yeah. and I always like that uh, most of the times he doesn't watch them play because you know that part where he stands down in the locker room and he can hear it. he can hear the crowd in the stadium, but he's not actually. But he knows from the crowd's reaction that they're doing well. Aye, we just wee bits to get. It's it's sweet. I know because even even the last match that you actually see, and the last head of it, you see Brad Pitt in the locker room, and he's 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 kind of in the same pose for ages, and then you you hear the whack of the ball, and you just see his head turn like, and he's all in silhouette, and it's just it's class looking like. Yeah. It's actually it's Chris Pratt in that as well. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's the he's the he's the boy. And Phil Seymour Hoffman as well. That's right. That's a really small role for him though. It's almost like it's kinda of weird that they even cast him because for such a big actor he doesn't really have to do much, like you know what I mean? Well he what he's the coach of the team, is it? He's the coach of the team, I think. And then Brad Pitt's the manager. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a great just just small stakes film, like and it's just it's it's just a great drama and just one of Brad Pitt's best performances, and it's, it's really engaging. And jo- like Jonah Hill as well, got nominated well, for an Oscar for it. I like when you first kind of see him do like proper drama stuff, even though he's still a bit comedic in it, yeah. and there's still that kind of levity to him. But no, it's great. I really love it. No, you talking about? It, I think I'm going to rewatch because it's all Netflix too, isn't it? Yeah, it's I think, it, I think it just added. Yeah, so I might give it Norwich. I haven't watched it in quite a while. I know neither have I. That's why, because that's why I'm kind of talking about the ending. But it's because I've I've seen those again recently. But I might be on a Sunday watch for tomorrow when I'm hanging out my hole. It's a great film. <laughs> Call her. Uh, we recommend a film called The Stalk and Moon. Oh, I watched it recently. It's uh, Gregory Peck and uh, Robert Foster. Yep. It was directed by a guy called Robert Mulligan. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen any uh, of his other problems, but it, uh, it was Did he do one before, but it was really shite, but they gave him another chance? <coughs> I don't get, know. Get it? No. A mulligan. Was this an old TCM one, was it? Seems like uh, a bit of a TCM one. It was a... What does TCM stand for? Turner yeah. Classic Movies. Yeah. I, I think it was asking Heron. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, no, it's a black and white western where Gregory Peck is like a, a an army scout who sort of um he would arrest Apaches and things like this here. Yeah, Apaches. And uh, it it sort of starts off when they're just sort of raiding this uh Indian camp and uh, what do you call it? Um, and then the hiccups was his last sort of job with the scouts and stuff, and so he is retiring in New Mexico, but. He takes pity on this uh, woman and her son, who are uh, her son, who's a half breed. Um, um, but it's 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 this uh, half breed of this assassin, uh, Native American, who they didn't catch in that raid. And so, the whole thing is that the this guy will eventually uh, come after them, kind of thing. And 
It's very simple. I mean, it's it's comparable to something like Jeremiah Johnson or something like that there. Yeah. But uh, it's very, very good. And Gregory Peck's just fucking solid. Like, he, he's great. And it's a very simple, stripped-down Western, but uh, it's very well-directed, very simple. Um, and uh, no, I would just recommend it. I Definitely. Boom. I like it. It's, it's, it's a sort of off-the-beaten-track one, too, which I like. Uh, nice one. What'd you call it again? Uh, the Stalking Moon. The Stalking Moon. That's it. Boom. Get on it. TCM. Awesome. <laughs> I just watch TCM until it comes <laughs> on. It'll come on on next <laughs> Okay, we wrapped up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what your favorite moon film is. Or your favorite TCM film. Oh, that's a good one. TCM. Watch TCM and tell us what film you liked. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it does. Doesn't? Aye. But you have to watch TCM then. It doesn't matter. They're still watching films. They give us feedback. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, golly. Come, come, come on. <laughs> Just tell us what films you like. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. I haven't done this in three weeks. It's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing well. You can leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, ACAS, or whatever podcast service you like. I've been your host, Michael Breslin. Shaq calls me Shaq Call. Yay. Calm Harris from Calm Episode 69, baby. 69. Let's not be 16. Because <laughs> we're 69. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Benny's uh, fancy watching the last five minutes of what? Let's know. <laughs> Let's just watch it right now. <laughs> Fuck off. She didn't be talking. Eh? No, no, because it's silent. <laughs> <laughs> She's really brave. Really brave. <laughs> so brave. He's so brave to make this choice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually feel like a proper dick when you realised that? Uh, as soon as I realised that I rolled over in a remote, I was like, I'm a fucking absolute goose. <laughs> but, di- but did you realise because you were so windy, it's like... Oh, you know, know, I was kind of disappointed with myself. <laughs> yeah, oh, come on, Peter, actually, you get it on that? There's actually a part of me that kind of wishes that I'd never realised that I rolled over in that remote. <laughs> Just kind of believed the lie. <laughs> you don't find out until you meet Peter Weir. <laughs> Is he alive? Ah, yes, okay. yes, that's right. Hey, just um, Peter that, that joke makes sense. Huh? <laughs> that's that's a solid joke. Now. <laughs> what the fuck's this here? Is he not making films anymore? Yeah, he, he just likes he just likes big gaps. He's, he must be up in the seventies too. Like, so he's probably just fucking. What was his last film? Having a few cans. Was uh, that one the way the way back with Ed Harris? Ed and Harris. What do you call it? Fucking boy, Norman Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis. He's no, he's English. Has he? Jim- yeah. Oh no, it's just I'm fifty dead men walking. What a piece of shit that was. Is that shit? I don't mind that. Shit. Shit. He's at a seventy-two. Anything on coming up? We'll see now. Slowest IMDb. Fucking on the year eleven, dangerously too. Oh fuck! Another big film. Did you drop one there, right? I heard a wee tooth comedy. That was a wee verb. Yeah. Oh, that, that sounded like an internal one, though. Like your I need a green card. Fucking hell. He's doing a sequel to that. Uh, no, fuck all. Card. <laughs> fucking wish. I should have read that one. About myself, just. <laughs> 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 but, uh, 
Nah, no, not, not in the pipeline. Last film was six years ago. And well, I see, I'm on his, but I'm on his Wikipedia. IMDb will fucking Jesus tell me more. Christ. You're the um, amateur here. The worst in the world. You watch that show, You're the Worst, don't you? Really good. You'd fucking love it. You'd do all that shit. Shit. Uh, 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 no, I'm there for six Oscars, the old fucker. Old <laughs> <laughs> <That> bastard. <laughs> One for every decade. <laughs> No, I've seen nothing. He must be just fucking bitting a pipe himself, just and chilling out for a while. No, done the Mosquito know. Coast too. Well done, Peter Weir. Fucking right. He also done the cars that eat people back in '74. It was definitely a money job. Like, <laughs> alright, I'm trying to end the fucking podcast, and you keep talking. Are we not done? Do you know stuff? No. What the fuck are you up to? Well, this. Well, you've got loads of places to call on now, like. When? Back on fucking... Hey, no. You know you... Should I press up now? Press up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 